بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء المرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته سورة مريم وسورة طاها The central theme of Surah Maryam revolves around parenting how human beings are in need of children but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the self-sufficient the one who all depend on and he depends on none has no need for a child the first half of the surah revolves around the parenting of the prophets describing their need for children not just for emotional reasons but to continue their legacy of prophethood the surah begins with uh, the prophet zakaria alayhi salam qala rabbi inni wahana al-'adhmu minni washta'ala ar-ra'su shay'an wa lam akun bidu'aika rabbi shaqiya he said, My Lord, indeed my bones have weakened and my head has filled with white hair and never have I been in my supplication to you, my Lord, unhappy. And indeed I fear the successes after me and my wife has been barren, so give me from yourself an heir. Who will inherit me and inherit from the family of Yaqub and make him, my Lord, pleasing to you. These children which the prophets ask for are not just children for emotional reasons, but these children have deep religious conviction and are dutiful to their parents. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions about the child which Allah gave to Zakaria, whose name is Yahya. Ya Yahya, khudil kitaba biquwa, wa atayna, wa atayna hulhukma sabiyya, wa hananam milla dunna wa zakatan wa kana taqiyya, wa barram biwali dayhi wa lam yakun jabbaran asiyya. Allah said, O Yahya, take the scripture with determination. Khudil kitaba biquwa. And we gave him judgment while yet a boy and affection from us and purity and he was fearing of Allah and dutiful to his parents and he was not a disobedient tyrant. The first half of the surah focuses very much on the relationship between parent and child and child and parent and the mutual affection and love which is based on the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We've seen the example of Zakaria and Yahya. Further example is given of Maryam and Isa فَنَادَاهَا مِنْ تَحْتِهَا أَلَّا تَحْزَنِي قَدْ جَعَلَ رَبُّكِ تَحْتَكِ سَرِيَّةٌ فَنَادَاهَا مِنْ تَحْتِهَا أَلَّا تَحْزَنِي قَدْ جَعَلَ رَبُّكِ تَحْتَكِ سَرِيَّةٌ وَهُزِّي إِلَيْكِ بِجِدْعِ النَّخْلَةِ تُسَاقِطْ عَلَيْكِ رُطَبًا جَنِيَّةٌ وَبَرًّا بِوَالِدَتِي uh, the first two verses, but he called her from below her. This is when Maryam السلام, is going into labor. She is having a virgin birth and Jibreel is sent to give her glad tidings. Do not grieve, your Lord has provided beneath you a stream. When she goes into seclusion to give birth, as a support and aid, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala creates a stream under her to give her water to drink. And shake towards you the trunk of the palm of the tree. It will drop upon you ripe, fresh dates. SubhanAllah, Maryam in this most difficult of circumstances, she's turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for help. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provides miracles, a stream which flows under her, and orders, instructs her to shake the palm tree for dates. 
Of course, a palm tree is a very strong structure. A young girl shaking a palm tree will have no effect whatsoever. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants her to expend her maximum effort. Even when seeking help, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants her to do her bit, to make her effort, to do her best. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will provide. Convey this to Surah Ali Imran when she's an even younger girl in her mihrab where the foods appear to her as a miracle and inspire Zakaria to make his dua. We also have the example of Ibrahim with his father who was a non-Muslim who was actually one who made idols of stones. If قَالَ لِأَبِيهِ يَا أَبَتِي لِمَ تَعْبُدُ مَا لَا يَسْمَعُ وَلَا يُبْصِرُ وَلَا يُغْنِي عَنْكَ شَيْئًا when he said to his father, Oh my dear father, why do you worship that which does not hear and does not and will not benefit you at all? He uses a series of rational arguments and persuasive arguments to, with his father, but uses wisdom and fair preaching. He respects his father. He calls upon him with terms of endearment, Ya Abati, even though his father is not Muslim. We also have Ibrahim from the perspective of a son, uh, 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 Ibrahim from the perspective of a father. So when he had left them and those they worshipped other than Allah, we gave him Ishaq and Ya'qub. And each of them we made a prophet. Subhanallah, Ibrahim salam is one of the prophets in the Quran, or in fact is the prophet in the Quran who makes the most du'as. There are 16 separate du'as of Ibrahim salam narrated in the Quran. 11 of them are for the religious welfare of his family. This shows us the importance of making du'a for your children. But these prophets, it's very clear why they make du'a for their children. They make du'a for their children to ensure that their legacy does not end with their death. The only sure thing about life is death. And even the prophets, their lives come to an end. So how to make sure that your message and your legacy and your religion continues and flourishes in future generations? By having righteous children who will inherit your knowledge, who will inherit your legacy. In Surah Al-Furqan, there is a famous dua mentioned. رَبَّنَا هَبْلَنَا مِنَ أَزْوَاجِنَا وَذُرِّيَّاتِنَا قُرَّةَ أَعْيُنٍ وَجَعَلْنَا لِلْمُتَّقِينَ إِمَامًا O oh, our Lord, grant us from our wives and our children the coolness of our eyes. رَبَّنَا هَبْلَنَا مِنَ أَزْوَاجِنَا ذُرِّيَاتِنَا قُرَّةَ عَيُّنٍ وَجَعَلْنَا لِلْمُتَّقِينَ إِمَامًا And make us imams for the God-fearing. Not just make us amongst the God-fearings. Make us imams for the God-fearing. In Tafsir ibn Kathir, ibn Kathir explains the meaning of this dua, or one of the meanings of this dua, is wanting righteous children who after your death continue your teachings and your legacy and your religious uh, inheritance. So while the first half of the surah focuses very much on the relationship between parent and child and has a gentle rhythmic tone, the, strong, the second half of the surah is far harsher and stronger in retort because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is glorifying himself and describing himself as far removed above needing a son. And they say the most merciful Ar-Rahman has taken a son. You have done an atrocious thing. 
تكاد السماوات يتفطرن منهن وتنشق الارض وتخر الجبال هدا the heavens almost rupture therefrom and the earth splits open and the mountains collapse in devastation andau lirahman walada that they attribute to the most merciful son wa ma yanbaghi lirahman an yattakhidha walada and it is not appropriate for the most merciful that he should take a son in kullu man fi samawati wal ardi illa ati rahman abda there is no one in the heavens and the earth but that comes to the most merciful as a servant even from the sounds of the verses you hear a harsher more abrupt tone where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is chastising human beings warning them admonishing them that he has no need for children he is far removed above that it is human beings that have the need for children also in this surah we have the famous verse that Amr uh, ibn Abdul Aziz known as the fifth rightly guided caliph used to recite and weep at وَإِن مِّنْكُمْ إِلَّا وَارِدُهَا كَانَ عَلَىٰ رَبِّكَ حَتْمًا مَقْدِيًّا And there is none of you except he will come to it. This is upon your Lord an inevitable decree, meaning the hellfire. ثُمَّ نُنَجِّ الَّذِينَ اتَّقَوْ وَنَظَرُ الظَّالِمِينَ فِيهَا جِثِيًّا Then we will save those who feared Allah and leave the wrongdoers within it on their knees. SubhanAllah, all human beings must pass the hellfire. There is a difference of opinion amongst the scholars of tafsir what this pass by the hellfire means. But it seems the strongest view is it's referring to the bridge of Sirat will be, which will be placed over the back of hellfire and every human being must pass, through, pass over it. Surah Taha Surah Taha was revealed during the peak of the persecution of the Prophet ﷺ. The pagan leaders of Quraysh came to the Prophet ﷺ and ironically while being the ones inflicting harm on the Prophet ﷺ attempted to prize him away from his religious from his religion and his message by saying Allah did not create you to cause you distress they were almost mocking at the prophet ﷺ goading him that look at the difficult situation look at the suffering that you are facing surely Allah did not create you to put you in this distress it's the carrot and stick approach trying to misguide people sometimes threatening and harming them and sometimes coming in the guise of full sympathy and pity the response in the quran is emphatic ma anzalna alayka alquran litashqa taha ma anzalna alayka alquran litashqa taha we have not sent down this quran to you to cause you any distress the central theme of this surah revolves around reassuring us that true sadness does not come from holding on to Allah's religion true sadness comes from turning away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's remembrance waman a'rada an dhikri fa inna lahu ma'ishatan dhanka wa nahshuruhu yawm al-qiyamati a'ma in surah taha verse 124 and whoever turns away from my remembrance indeed he will have a depressed life and he will gather him we will gather him on the day of resurrection blind There is an ongoing theme in this surah that remembrance of Allah is associated with success and happiness and forgetting Allah is associated with failure and misery. True happiness comes from turning to Allah and reflecting deeply upon his greatness and upon his name and upon his names and his attributes. Right from the opening passages of the surah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about his greatness. 
تنزيلا من خلق تنزيلا ممن خلق الارض والسماوات العلا الرحمن على الارش استوى له ما في السماوات وما في الارض وما بينهما وما تحت الثرى وان تجهر بالقول فانه يعلم السر واخفى الله لا اله الا هو له الاسماء الحسنى these are very uplifting verses regarding the attributes of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala a revelation from He who created the earth and the highest heavens, the most merciful who is above the throne established. To Him belongs what is in the heavens and what is on the earth and what is between them and what is under the soil. And if you speak aloud, then indeed He knows the secret and what is even more hidden. Allahu la ilaha illahu. Allah, there is no deity except Him. To Him belong the best names. SubhanAllah for the Prophet who is facing his most difficult times, this is very uplifting verses reminding him of the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What's amazing about the Prophet of the many amazing things is when you look at his life, this should be a person who has been devastated by the trials of life. He never met his father. His mother died when in youth. His grandfather died. His uncle died. His first beloved wife died. His son Ibrahim died in childhood. His daughter on the hijra was attacked in a way that she even died. So much death and suffering around him. He was persecuted by his own people then in Ta'if. He was attacked in battle after battle. But the Prophet's default uh, position, his demeanor, is always to be smiling. A broad smile on his face with which he greets people and gentleness and tenderness with which he deals with people. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then reassures the Prophet via the story of another Prophet who faced insurmountable difficulties and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala still supported him and gave him victory, which is of course the story of Musa. Musa, And has there come to you the story of Musa? And most of Surah Taha is a recollection of the story of Musa alayhi salam. You can note that in this surah, there is an atmosphere of reassurance. The story of Musa is told from a particular lens of tenderness and kindness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala showed to Musa and how he will show this same kindness to all the prophets and messengers, especially the Prophet We can see in the scene when he is traveling through the deserts uh, alone in the darkness, in the freezing cold. And in that moment, as if only he and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala exists, Allah calls out to him, and I have chosen you, so listen to what is revealed to you. Indeed, I am Allah. There is no deity except me. So worship me and establish prayer for my remembrance. Again, that theme of remembrance. And how remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is associated with happiness and contentment. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allahu Akbar, is speaking directly to a human being, speaking directly to Musa. How uplifting for the Prophet. We also have the incident of the staff. Interestingly, in other surahs, when the staff first turns into a snake and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows him this miracle, Musa flees and turns away in other surahs. But in this surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, seize it and fear not. We will return it for, to its former state. The angle with which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about this incident doesn't mention Musa turning away and fleeing. Why? 
because this surah, its main central theme is about Allah's reassurance and protection of the messengers. And it does not fit to mention that incident of Musa turning around and running away. Even the execution of the magicians, which is uniquely, uniquely cruel where Fir'aun threatens them, that he will crucify them into the trunks of palm trees, meaning they'll be so deeply nailed into the palm trees and left to die that their bodies will almost become part of the palm trees. It is told from an uplifting angle, their bravery and their defiance of the Pharaoh. Never will we prefer you over what has come to us of clear proofs and over what he has created us. So decree whatever you to want to decree. You can only decree for this worldly life. Musa then makes his famous dua. sadri wa amri. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responds by reminding Musa that in fact he has always been taking care of him from the moment he was born, mentioning the incident when his mother placed him in the river Nile and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protected him from the raging waters and took him to the palace of the Pharaoh. We also learn some fundamental important lessons of da'wah. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends Musa to the most evil person on the earth, the Pharaoh who claims lordship for himself, Allah still admonishes him and says, And speak to him mildly, perhaps he may accept admonition or fear Allah. Even Pharaoh deserves, or even Pharaoh will have the opportunity to be spoken to mildly and gently. But we have to change our perception of mild and gentle speech actually means. When Musa faces him, he says to him, فَأْتِيَاهُ فَقُولَا إِنَّا رَسُولَا رَبِّكْ فَأَرْسِلْ مَعَنَا بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلِ وَلَا تُعَذِّبْهُمْ قَدْ جِئْنَاكَ بِآيَةٍ مِّنْ رَبِّكْ وَالسَّلَامُ عَلَى مَنِ اتَّبَعُ الْهُدَى So go to him and say, indeed, we are messengers of your Lord. So send us... Uh, send with us the children of Israel and do not torment them. We have come to you with a sign from your Lord and peace will be upon you, he who follows true guidance. Musa doesn't mince his words. He tells Pharaoh to stop punishing Bani Israel and tells Pharaoh he is a messenger from the Lord of the worlds. And this is at a time when Pharaoh claims that he is the Lord of the worlds. That tells us that speaking mildly and gently doesn't mean you compromise your message. It doesn't mean you mince your words. What it means is you speak in an appropriate manner. You are not confrontational to the extent of provoking people, that you are not rude to people, you're not threatening to people. But it doesn't mean you compromise or water down the message at all. The message still has to be crystal clear. The surah also tells us that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is our protector in da'wah. When Musa and Harun said that they were afraid to go to the Pharaoh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responds, قَالَ لَا تَخَافَ إِنَّنِي مَعَكُمَا أَسْمَعُ وَأَرَى Allah said, fear not, indeed, I am with you both, I hear and I see. Musa seeks some aid from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala needs to say to them is, I see and I hear. I hear all the harmful things which they say to you and upsetting things which they say to you. But I also see all their plots and all their uh, planning against you. And that is enough. The fact that Allah can hear us and see us is enough. His protection will surely be there. 
The surah also ends with an order for the five daily prayers. فَاصْبِرْ عَلَى مَا يَقُولُونَ وَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّهَا قَبْلَ طُلُوءِ الشَّمْسِ وَقَبْلَ غُرُوبِهَا وَمِنْ آنَاءِ اللَّيْلِ فَسَبِّحْ وَطَرَافَ النَّهَارِ لَعَلَّكَ تَرْضَى Again, finishing with that idea of being content, being happy. So be patient over what they say and exalt Allah with praises of your Lord before the rising of the sun and before its setting. And during periods of the night, exalt him and at the ends of the day, the five daily prayers. That you may be satisfied. La'allaka tarda. Hadha wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.